Did you know that BDSM and kink are healthy outlets for aggression, imagination, and attention? Hi, welcome to The Partition, home of kinky wellness. My name is Dana Shergel, and I am a sexual wellness instructor that dives deep into all things kinky. I'm here to show why kinky sexual wellness deserves a rightful spot within the wellness conversation. So let's talk about it. Hey, and welcome back. In today's episode, there are two things that I want to talk to you about. First, how kinky wellness and BDSM and kink taught me to apologize better. And secondly, the importance of custom. Starting with the first, as we know, in BDSM and kink, mistakes and misunderstandings are going to happen. It's just a part of it. Not every time is going to go perfectly. And sometimes we hurt people unintentionally. And when this happens, we need to be ready to take accountability for it. Giving an effective sorry is not only going to help your interpersonal relationships, both inside and outside of the bedroom, but it also contributes to our personal growth and emotional intelligence. But I know apologizing isn't always easy. And sometimes it's not that straightforward. For example... If you're in a situation where you feel that you're constantly having to apologize over and over again, I want you to stop and pause and reflect on why that may be. Are you making the same mistake over and over and over again, which in turn is hurting the people around you? Or is someone trying to make you feel bad for holding up a boundary? Now, if you're doing something over and over again that you have to apologize for, because someone in your life has expressed that it hurts them or that it bothers them, then you need to stop and pause and fix this situation. If it's something that you can't change or maybe you don't want to change, then maybe you should just leave that person alone. But if it's about something that is in your control and maybe deep down inside you know you don't want to do it because you don't want to keep hurting that person, then you need to actually make the change and stop doing that thing, whatever it may be. But this doesn't just include the things that we do to other people. This also includes the things that we say to ourselves. For example, if you're trying to quit smoking, this can be a very hard thing to do. And sometimes when we say we're going to do something like quitting smoking or quitting drinking or whatever the bad habit is, but then we end up doing that bad habit over and over again, well, you're going to end up in a case or a situation where we might feel sorry for ourselves. And feeling sorry for ourselves is a really sucky place to be because we want to be proud of ourselves, right? We want to be the person that we know deep down inside we are. And we also want to hold ourselves accountable to the things we say we're going to do. And we don't want to end up in a situation where we have to say sorry to ourselves later. And for the second example, you actually don't ever need to feel sorry for holding up a boundary. And more often than not, I find that when it comes to boundaries, some people might not understand why you have the boundary. So it tends to be the people that don't understand why the boundary is there in the first place that want to make you feel bad for having it. But I want you to ignore this. Although this is easier said than done, you never, ever have to feel sorry for standing up for yourself or doing the things you need to do to protect yourself. And having boundaries is certainly one of them. But This isn't about that. Even if we don't mean to, we will run into a situation where we have to apologize. Because look, regardless of BDSM or kink or not, misunderstandings, accidents, and mistakes happen in any social interactions we make, we run this risk. 
Have you ever heard that famous quote that says, it's not what we say, it's how we say it? Now, sometimes we're the ones giving out emotionally charged statements to people who didn't deserve the extra sass. And most of the time, we accidentally do this to the people who are closest to us. And even further, during play or something like BDSM, we could accidentally impact someone in the wrong spot or too hard, which accidentally hurts them. So understand that having the ability to say sorry is a requirement and not a request when entering kinky wellness. But yes, saying sorry can be hard at first. It's hard to admit that we're the ones at fault, right? And if you're someone who has a lot of pride or ego, it may feel that your apology is a sign of weakness. But this isn't true. Saying sorry takes a lot of courage. It takes courage to acknowledge we aren't perfect. But in the same breath, it also shows that we want to grow. Saying sorry is what allows us to take responsibility for our actions, which in turn is what gives us that sense of inner peace and resolution. And when it comes to saying sorry, you just need to accept that apologizing requires a certain level of vulnerability. And we know showing vulnerability can make us uncomfortable, but too bad, so sad, you're going to have to work through it. Another reason why saying sorry takes courage is because it's scary. It's scary when we know we have to apologize for something, but we don't know how the other person is going to respond. Sometimes we can exaggerate how they might react or we can come to a conclusion that's not, you know, the case and we build it up in our head. You know, it's not hard to see how admitting you're wrong might make you think that the other person is going to reject or punish you in some way. That's human. Humans don't like negative consequences. <laughs> but seriously, not saying sorry is only going to make it that much worse. In a perfect world, we would all know how to apologize to each other and it would always go swimmingly. But that's not the case. And that's not even real life. In real life, it's messy. And I've learned that it's better to apologize right in the moment when you know that you did wrong than letting that weight hang over you. Saying an effective sorry and actually meaning it will actually help you lift that weight off of you. Plus, it will help you with your self-awareness and emotional intelligence, like I said, because there really are some people out there in the world who believe that they should never have to say sorry or they don't have anything to say sorry for. And these people don't have any self-awareness or quite frankly, emotional intelligence. So don't be like these people. We're human. We make mistakes. It's okay. And in the bigger picture, apologies are what bind us together. Like no matter where you go, conflict is going to come up at some point, whether it's between you and someone you know, or cultures or, or countries or clashes, like there's things that are going to happen. And so apologies can fix that. So you can't escape saying sorry. Plus, our ability to apologize is highly linked to our level of empathy. So regardless of who you're saying sorry to, whether that's between a power exchange partner, a play partner, a friend, a family member, or romantic partner, it all matters. So I'm going to spend the next couple of minutes going over the 12 elements of what makes a good, sincere, and effective apology before I get into the importance of custom. So breaking it down, number one is acknowledging what you did. So don't downplay what you did or try to make an excuse, just acknowledge it. Number two is accepting it. This means accepting your side of the responsibility. If you know you messed up, own it. 
Number three is express regret. This means that you can show genuine remorse for your actions and showing that you understand the impact of your behavior on the other person. The fourth element is try putting yourself in their shoes. Doing this will demonstrate empathy and you can ask yourself questions like, how would I feel if I was in that situation? The fifth element is be specific about what you're apologizing for. Do not have vague and generic statements. And, you know, you know, when it comes to this, we've all been in that situation, right? Where someone had the most vague apology and they have no clue what they're actually apologizing for. That is, that's on the same level of just like not apologizing. I hate those. And I'm sure you do too. But moving to the sixth one is show some sort of path to change. Now, a good example of this is to explain how you won't do this thing again. So whether it's like the habit or doing something that upsets somebody, and you can do this by outlining steps. And outlining steps is actually a really good personal growth hack. And you can outline steps to goals and to how you're going to change. And this helps across a lot of things, right? So writing it down can help you stay accountable to yourself. The seventh is timing. If you take too long to apologize, some people might take that as an insincere gesture. So as I said before, it's better just to apologize as soon as you realize that you've made the mistake, just so you can start that process of forgiveness and healing. Eight is to be open to communicate. This means that if the other person needs a little bit more time to talk, to get that clarification or to express their feelings, you need to be mature enough to let them. To a point, of course, you can't let someone drag something out for a ridiculous long time. If you've said sorry and you meant it and someone just keeps wanting you to apologize over and over again, then yeah, there needs to be a line somewhere, but you cannot push forgiveness on anyone. So depending on the situation, you need to allow time that is deserving of it. The ninth element is to use a calm and respectful tone when you do verbally apologize. So no harsh or snappy tones and definitely avoid being defensive or confrontational. This is not going to be a good calming or respectful tone, right? So the 10th element is pay attention to your body language and facial expressions. If you're saying sorry to the floor, no one's going to take you seriously, right? You need to be able to look that person in the eye as you're saying sorry. The 11th element is avoiding phrases that diminish the impact of your apology. So a perfect example of this is saying something like, I'm sorry if you feel like that. That is just a big, big no-no. And the 12th and biggest element of a sincere apology is learning from the experience. Remember, if you're the person who says sorry over and over again, then does the thing you're sorry for over and over again, then you're the person who isn't listening. So take this as your chance to look at your mistakes as an opportunity for personal growth and learn something from them. It's only when you learn from your mistakes that they will stop happening or you can start to avoid them altogether. And, you know, right now, if you're wondering why I broke down how to give a good apology, I believe that there are a lot of people out there who don't know how to give a good apology. For me, it wasn't until I was surrounded by people who could actually give a genuine apology where I was able to begin to learn how to give an honest apology for myself too. For example, I am sorry that this podcast did not go out yesterday on Wednesday. I know this isn't the first time that I've missed my Wednesday mark either. And I know this can be very frustrating if you're following me every Wednesday. 
So moving forward, I will pre-plan the podcast for the days when I'm away from my desk, and I will make sure that these come out on Wednesday for the year of 2024. Which brings me to the second thing I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about the importance of custom. Yesterday, I went to Oasis Aqua Lounge in Toronto to film a sex furniture educational video with a gentleman named Martin, who is the owner and creator of FF Fun Furniture. And long story short, Martin and I are creating a video that will walk you through the different pieces of sex furniture so you can see how sex furniture isn't all that scarier or complicated to use or assemble. So stay tuned for that later this season because I'm super excited and Martin is a fabulous man and he's very funny. So I'm excited for that. But anyways, my key takeaway where I was going with this, my key takeaway from yesterday is that now more than ever, we need to take a look at the furniture we're having sex on. Because at the end of the day, the furniture that we're technically having sex on wasn't made with sex in mind. Chairs are used for sitting. Beds are made for sleeping. But what do we use when we are having sex? Sure, you can use chairs, you can use beds, but what if you had something specifically tailored to you and with sex at its core purpose? Now, I know you listen to me a lot and say that sex is not something that you can copy and paste. And this statement also rings true for our furniture. You can't copy the furniture that you use in your day-to-day life and paste it into your sex life either. Sure, you can make it work, but it's not the best situation that it could be. And our sex life is as custom as it gets. Now, I know that there's this common idea that sex furniture is always dark or it's hard to assemble. And ironically, although these videos were filmed in the dungeon at Oasis, um, I just want to make a point here that Martin can make any sex furniture and any color that you want. And you don't need to think that this type of furniture is only for one sort of style or for one sort of person. Sex furniture, pleasure furniture, however you want to call it, can be designed for your shape and size, which is really good for exploring. Or if you're someone who has pain or mobility issues, this is something that you definitely need. Remember, sex furniture is designed to take stress away from you and replace it with ease and assistance. Maybe there's a position that you want to do but don't have the leg strength. Maybe a love lounger can help you with that. Maybe you like being spanked, but the couch is too low and the bed is too high. So why not look into something like a spanking bench that will be made to your body size, height, and shape with the added bonus of your favorite color? Hey, personally, I like having sex in a chair and trust me that not all chairs are created equal and some don't work for me. I'm only five foot two and there are chairs that are quite tall, but still nothing, nothing will ever be custom, right? Which is the energy that I want you to go into 2024 with. I want this year to be the year that you customize your sex life from what you want to do to how you want to do it, who you want to do it with, and the accessories that you use to go along with it. Put some creativity, imagination, and effort behind this, but also include the wellness aspects of your sex life too. This is your chance to really take hold of your sexual wellness, customize it to whatever you want it to be, and make it yours because you do deserve this. And also just about saying sorry, if there is something as well that you need to say sorry to, to yourself, I want you to just forgive yourself for whatever it is, okay? Start over, start fresh, 2024. You can go in with a clean slate. You can go in learning from your mistakes and taking the time to be self-aware and improve your emotional intelligence. 
And since this is the last episode of 2023, I want to say thank you. Thank you for listening this year. It has been a blast. And next week, we are going to be starting the new year off with a bang by bringing back Ancilla of Ancillary Kink Support. Ancilla will be graciously teaching her class on sexual communication, practices for better sexual engagement, which is amazing. So make sure to tune in for that and to start your sexual wellness journey off on the right foot. Also, this is the last few days to get the early bird tickets for the Kinky Wellness Summit that's happening in February. And I want you to know that prices are going to be jumping from $369 to $569 on January 1st. So do yourself a favor and invest in your kinky wellness self. Real quick, again, there's going to be seven kinky wellness coaches, doctors, educators, all ready to transform your life past just the bedroom. We have classes on pelvic floor health, men's health, couple massages, pleasure anatomy, goal setting, healing through kink, of course, the BDSM and kink basics, and so much more. So make sure you check out the website for the full four-day schedule, as well as all the instructor information. And that, of course, will be at www.kinkywellnesssummit.com. Again, that's www.kinkywellnesssummit.com. Of course, all links will be in the description, so you can check it out there. But of course, if I can leave you with any message before the new year, I hope it's that you leave behind anything that's not serving you to make room for all the beautiful things that are coming your way in 2024. I want you to leave those bad habits behind and make the commitment that 2024 will be the year that you and your life becomes better because I know you can do it. But that's it for me. Well, I guess the 2023 me and I will see you next year brackets. I just had to do it. But yes, as always, you guys know what to do. Stay kinky. 